So hi, Sally. <laughs> hey. Oh, are we starting right now? <laughs> oh, we did it. Amazing. We did it. Hey, Andy. Hi, Sally. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's That's good. We're, we're, President's we're, Day. That <laughs> was President's Day here in the U.S., yes. Mm -hmm. um, had a day off, although I didn't have my day off, but we can talk about that another day. Um, but we're finally recording our show. It's happening. Yes, it's happening. So excited. <laughs> the long-awaited first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we're officially those annoying podcasters in Brooklyn, except we're not in Brooklyn. Yeah, That's we're not in Brooklyn, but, but, but yeah, everyone are. needs a podcast. So, <laughs> like, if you don't have one, are you really, like, involved and engaged? I mean, yeah, COVID. it's like the ultimate know. sign of privilege, right? <laughs> so, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, we're privileged, privileged to be able to record. Just to say it, 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 yeah. Yes. That. Yes. And yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. That. So we, we don't have a show name yet or show title, but I think we're, we're workshopping on some stuff. And, but I, I, yeah, I think, I think we both agreed that it was good just to get rolling. Right. Just to get. Yeah, definitely. Talking. Yeah. I think it's, it's best to just get started and I think it'll evolve organically. Um, yeah, but I think like some of the things that we had talked about uh, and like what to expect, what you all can expect from this podcast is um, we are we want we want to create a space for people to like share for <laughs> to people to learn things like so yeah. I think for COVID it's been this whole like time of like, what do I do with all my time? We, we both enjoy music concerts, like fun experiences. And it's like, what have we used, what have we done with all of this stay at home time? And it's been like learning, hobbying, trying unique ways to get engaged digitally. Um, so we're trying to explore that with this podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. What, it, <laughs> what else, uh, what else, can you expect from this podcast? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that, yeah, that's like, that's uh -huh. exactly what people can expect. We're like, yeah, we, we had to keep busy in terms of kind of stay motivated with living. <laughs> so uh -huh. in the pandemic. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, everyone's, it's, everyone goes through it differently, but yeah, just trying to like learn new things, trying to keep that novice mind. I don't know, I think that's, I don't know, I was, that's the way I was looking at it. It's like, I'm learning a lot of new things and I'm, I enjoy being a novice. I enjoy learning things. And, um, yeah, and it's always cool to talk about it. So, yeah, I think throughout the weeks, you can expect, you know, both you and I to teach each other and hopefully other people too about stuff. And maybe in the future, we'll have other people come on and we can talk to them about what they can teach everybody. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so this week we are having Andy, uh, teach me and you all the <laughs> listeners about Sundance. Uh, so Sundance uh, happened, I think, maybe two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, a couple like um, the end of January. End of January. Okay, yeah, end of January. Yeah, like, it's like between Jan yeah, end of January and the start of February. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and really, so let me uh, set the stage for you all on how Ooh, much I like know. I see what you did there. <laughs> The digital stage. I, I don't know a ton about Sundance. What I do know is um, it's a film festival. Uh, yep. It's in Salt Lake City, Utah. Close. Right? It's a Park City. Park City, yeah. Oh, Park City. Salt Lake City, uh -huh. you would fly to get there. <laughs> okay. Okay, perfect. Yes. It's in Park City. Uh, it, it's a festival, and it, you know, there is a lot of great movies that come out of it. You know, you see the little Sundance like medallion on hot oh, yeah. new films that, that come moral, through. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, and another thing I know is that they shut it down. Um, well, not sure. Well, sorry. They didn't shut it down, but Ooh. it's, it's, yeah, that sounded really dramatic. No, they, um, <laughs> yeah, it is drama. They, they're not holding festivals, of course, because of this, uh, low key pandemic we're having. So, um, so this, yeah. So Andy, um, tell us like what, what it was like and um i guess like i have a couple of questions here but maybe just like tell us a little bit more about your experience 
with Sundance up until this point. Um, yeah. Like leading up. I can do that. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that's, that sounds good. I was going to actually ask you like what you knew about Sundance oh. before <laughs> for this, okay. um, because I didn't, because I always like wanted to do a film festival and I never really, I mean, I had the opportunity to, and I think, um, it's always been kind of like a black box to me. I don't know if it is to anyone else or you, like, because it, you know, you see Sundance, you see like like that Laurel, and it's like, oh my god, it's like really like famous people got here, like really like artsy, like it. I don't know. That's the impression that I got from it. Um, but it's actually surprisingly approachable, I think, um, especially for like I think for you because like we've done South by Southwest together, right? Like yeah, music festival. Mm-hmm. Um, this festival is kind of like that, but for movies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's all this this festival in particular is about discovery of like new artists, new actors, new directors, new like talent. Um and so almost every movie that's that shows here is it's like unsigned. It's like an unsigned artist in in, in uh, South in the music industry. It's oh, like an un, yeah. It's a movie okay. without distribution. So what they get out of this festival is that there's usually like bidding wars or like they can sell their movies to like the filmmakers can sell their movies for distribution. So whether that's, um, you know, studio like Paramount or, you know, or Warner Brothers, or whatever, or nowadays it's more, um, the streaming services, right? Like Apple TV or mm-hmm. Amazon or Netflix, um, because they have a lot of money now. And mm-hmm. especially now with, with the pandemic, obviously, I mean, that's kind of an interesting dynamic. Um, but yeah, that's, that was like kind of the thing I kind of learned, the, like the number one takeaway I got was like, this, this is very similar to South by Southwest. Like it's all about, finding new stuff and I love that yeah that's so funny how would you compare this to the Toronto film festival you went to yeah okay so that was like so yeah that was actually the first film festival that I've been to and I went to in person um it was different in that well I guess comparing Sundance to that TIFF that Toronto International Film Festival I guess they're kind of like the 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 movies they select are a little different like in Toronto they actually premiere some of the um big name movies like the year i went i think it was like 2019 no 2018 wait 2019 i so the pandemic year first of all let me just say it's i kind of lose it it's like a gap year in your brain you know it's like kind of yeah. like a yeah. black hole okay i think it was 2019 um that I was your joker was that was your joker premiere i went to like the second ever screen of the joker okay um, so they they will show like big movies there and they'll have like big movie stars there um, because it's like widely considered to be like the first like festival on the road to the Oscars. Oh, um, yeah. So like, yeah, one of the other things I learned, well, I learned this kind of when I went to TIFF, but it's kind of begins with Sundance is that the road to the Oscars is basically like a bunch of film festivals. Like it's kind of like a tour, <laughs> like they, it leads up to the Oscars. The whole point of it, I think is to get kind of the buzz, the critical claim and like kind of the, um, the chatter. Right. Um, and, and Toronto is usually like kind of the first bellwether of, um, uh, like, you know, how, uh, an audience slash like voters will react to it. Um, so, but bringing back the Sundance this year was weird because it's obviously all virtual and yeah. yeah. And I think so that it was obviously there's like kind of pluses and negatives to it, I think, or even just differences. Um, the big one obviously is that it's all from home. So I watched every movie on my like Apple TV or my computer. Oh, wow. How many hours of content did you consume? (laughs) A lot of content. Um, I watched 35 films in seven days. Oh my God. Uh, Wait. Okay. 35, 35 films. Yeah. Okay. So that's like, what, 35 <laughs> hours 30 oh no no 40, it's like 50 hours well you, oh well sally you think each movie is about like an hour and a half two hours so yeah <laughs> kind of multiply oh that. my gosh okay um, that's a lot i yeah it's a lot i will say that like i am like glad that a lot of the movies were like around 80 90 minutes because <laughs> i think if we yeah. were watching all like the irishman times 35 i think that would probably not work um, right right <laughs> yeah well i also wasn't sure if they had like short films like i've been to a short well, film festival um mm-hmm. or if they're all kind of like feature film lengths it sounds like most of them are like at least an hour or so right yeah no they actually have um, they actually have a lot of shorts at sundance and i think oh okay. 
Okay. Um, oh, and like a lot of film festivals, they do have a short section. And those mm -hmm. shorts, are, I think, I think around 10 minutes or so. Um, but, okay, so what I did was I bought a pass. So it's like uh, I paid $350 and I got to see everything I wanted. It was like kind of a, buff a buffet um, uh, credential. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, the reason I watched 35 films is because, like, you want to get your money's worth, right? I feel like if you pay that much money, you're kind of like wanting to kind of make the most out of it. And um, so the the interesting thing about the first, so I think they really, I think they did a really good job this year with Sundance virtually. I think the experience I had was like, it was the closest I had like kind of been in the pandemic to like having like a, like a festival experience. Um, yeah. And by that, I mean, like I didn't feel like, isolated while i was like doing it quote unquote <laughs> um, yeah what do you mean like d did they how did they keep you engaged or connected through the experience was there an app was it just yeah. on the you know desktop or like yeah, so was there chat rooms i'm assuming mm -hmm. um, yeah so they had chat rooms um and actually worked so, okay, so before every film, um, so, okay, let me back up a little bit and tell you about how they set it up. So, like, for each of the, um, so each day of the festival, I think they had, uh, they have film premieres and actually set um, these films, like, to premiere at a certain hour. So, like, um, Coda, I'd say, that's the first movie that I saw, that premiered on Thursday at uh, 5 p.m. Okay. And you had to watch it at 5 p.m. Oh, um, so it's okay. like uh, all of it's like appointment television or not <laughs> appointment television or <laughs> or like like say you're going to Coachella, right? Like you, the band's on at this time, like you have to see them there or else you can't see them, right? So it's almost it's kind of like regular old cable TV back in the day. It was like if you <laughs> miss the show, the show, you know, you miss the show. Yeah, Before I mean, DVR, yeah. you like <laughs> you miss if I want to see Buffy, the vampire slayer. <laughs> yeah. You know, on a Thursday night. And I was at practice. I missed. It was gone. Like I yeah. wait, you know. <laughs> yeah, the way till like, they ran it. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's kind of like that. I mean, it's like you know, like in the olden days when we actually went to the theater, we actually had to go look up the showtimes and like do that. Um, oh, yeah. So, but yeah, they gave you like three hours to like kind of. I mean, they, they, so it was nice that they gave you like um, like a three-hour window, so like you could pause the movie to go to the bathroom if you wanted to, or if you had to start like half an hour late, that's totally fine. Um, but. The main point is that they kind of had these times in which anyone who's watching this film is watching at this time. So I think mm. that was cool because like that means like every like you kind of like you know that you're the first person in the world to see this movie. Like all these movies are like world premieres. Mm, Literally, I mm -hmm. think every single one of these movies were world premiere. And mm -hmm. so like watching them, like in my head, I knew that okay, I'm like one of the first people in the world to see this movie. So this is that's that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um and like so that all it means like all the chatter on like Twitter, on Letterboxd, on whatever was like kind of you knew that everyone who was talking about the film was doing the same thing. So that's kind of like that's kind of what's been missing in our lives, I think, is that everyone doing something at the same time together, whether that's, you know, we're eating together at a restaurant or we're at Coachella together, or like seeing the same band. That's something that has kind of been lost and that they kind of like I think th I think that was a good job by them of like making sure, yeah, like that having that appointment viewing premieres. I think that helped with that. Um, but they also had these chat rooms like in before like each movie. So each movie, I think before each premiere, uh, like fifteen minutes before, they ha opened up the uh, waiting room, and then you could basically talk to anyone in the waiting room. So it's kind of like when you go to the theater and you sit down. Like if you get there early, like fifteen mm -hmm. minutes early, you can like sit down and talk. Um, it was like that. And I actually like at first I was like this is kind of cheesy like why do I want to talk to random people <laughs> about anything? Mm -hmm. But it actually turned out well. Like I, people just like was were so wholesome for the most part. Everyone's like, oh, what? Did, this is my first time here. Where are you from? Like you know, what have you liked so far that you've seen um, mm -hmm. at the festival? And so you kind of exchange like, hey, it's like if I was in line, if I was at a real festival, I'd be in line before the film anyway, and I, you know, talk to whoever was in line with me about hey, like what do you like so far? Right. So they're kind of like, they actually did a pretty good job of like doing that. I mean, I, I, although I wish like, but the problem was, I think when the film started, like that just cut off and like, and yeah. like interrupted everyone's conversation. So it was a little abrupt. Yeah. But, no, I mean, the, the line, it, it was like half of the fun of South by, I feel right? like. Cause you get to hear about so many different experiences people can have. And they're like, Oh mm -hmm. yeah. Like Nick Lachey was playing the, 
saxophone <laughs> whatever 30 minutes ago yeah. or like yeah, yeah you know something this thing a lot of word of mouth happens organically and you get to just like meet interesting people like you said so yeah. it's cool that they're able to um kind of create an experience like that and it worked out yeah um, i mean it's not the same obviously as seeing people in person but like at least right. you got that sense right like you just, i mean like, i don't really meet people right now because of the pandemic but like it's even if it's you know, vir- even if it's like over a chat room, at least it's like, I know these people like movies and I know like, you know, they're talking about movies. So it's, it was kind of cool. Cause you got to like, cause yeah, like a lot of the best bands that we see at South by, like actually I hear about during the festival. It's like, cause no one knows these artists. So it's hard mm-hmm. to like plan in advance. Like, Hey, what's going to be good. But like, as people see them, like you kind of get the word of mouth. So that was like really cool. Yeah, um, that is. Oh, that's um, cool. And so they also had, um, they also had the, uh, uh, so the directors introduced every movie. So that was really cool because they kind of like, you no, know, because normally if you went to the festival itself, um, you, you know, you go to big theater, like Eccles Theater, in, in, um, which is like kind of like the main one, um, which seats like 1,500 people, I think. Um, yeah, they have the, they'd have like the director and cast on stage and introduce the film. And then after the film, they'd have a Q&A. Um, and so like they, for each of the premieres at Sundance, they actually had a Q&A lined up right after the film ended. Um, so that also like so most of these Q and A's had the entire cast, uh, producers, like you know, important people with the film. So it was really cool to like, um, you know, even if it was on Zoom. Oh, so this is on Zoom, mm-hmm. so it's um, you're in there and you can ask some questions. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like they recreated a lot of this stuff virtually. Um, wow! So it was actually Zoom was the platform they used. Zoom was the platform. They actually had a big old uh, Zoom watermark on those things. So yeah, um, that makes sense. Sundance brought to you by Zoom. Um, <laughs> I my favorite thing was like just watching because like uh, I made it a point to go to the Zooms of like that had famous people in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some of like cause these are like kind of the premieres because normally like th- this kind of sucks for the artists too or the filmmakers and actors because um, they're kind of like robbed of the experience of like hey like their film got or, like was seen for the first time people would be up giving standing ovations. They'd be on stage, be like everyone would be dressed up, you know. It's like kind of like the big deal, and they kind of didn't get to do that. But a lot of them on Zoom actually dressed up, and I thought that was really fun. <laughs> oh, that is fun, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of these celebrities look amazing, like on Zoom. Like I like I saw um, the premiere a uh, movie called Passing. It was Rebecca Hall's debut film, and it stars uh, Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega. And like they both like dressed up. It looked like they were like on the Oscars red carpet. They're like wow. so photogenic. <laughs> oh wow. That's I guess so act- cool. actors are built different, huh? <laughs> I guess, yeah. There's just a whole different breed of people. Um <laughs> they just yeah. Uh yeah, so I want to hear more about the movies. So we you kind of started talking about the, you know, the actors and how they showed up. Um what were your top movies or your top picks from Sundance? Okay. So I saw 35 films, as you know, and yes. um, my, so my top three films I'm going to say are, were Flea, Coda, and uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay. Um, okay. And I'll tell you about these films. So uh, I, I'll, I'll go down the list. I think um, Flea, I think was probably the best film that I saw. Um, it's about an Afghan refugee. It's a documentary. Um, and he, it's about, uh, his name is Amin, but that's kind of like a, it, it's a, what's it called? A fake name, a pseudonym mm-hmm. <laughs> that they give. Cause, uh, he's actually afraid of being, um, uh, he's still afraid of kind of being outed, I guess, or uh, found discovered. Um, because, uh, yeah, it's, uh, this is in the 80s so i think it's just the amount of trauma that they went his family went through from escaping afghanistan to russia and then to europe um it's a really powerful story and like the thing about this film is that it actually uses mixed like media forms in terms of, like a lot of it's anime animated actually it's an animated film um uh... but they mix it with like kind of archival footage of real stuff that happened in you know in moscow and in um Denmark and in uh, in Afghanistan, um, and the cool thing about the animation is that actually this actually was a plus for the uh, interview because it actually let him be anonymous still because they didn't mm. show his face right because mm. it's not like a real like uh, it didn't they didn't film him specifically they did, the director like uh, taped talking to him but like not um, visually so I was like I thought that was a really neat tr- I'll say trick but a neat tactic 
to kind of get get um, the subject to open up about something um, because of that kind of anonymity. Um, yeah, this film was so powerful. It's like there, there's it's really it's it's engaging. I mean, there's like a scene with like uh, aha take on me because <laughs> it was in oh the eighties. Like the yeah. boy is like yeah, he's he's a boy and he's um growing up in wherever and he's a Walkman, but like shit happens. <laughs> like it's really bad shit happens to him and his family. Um, and so, yeah, it's really powerful. I, I recommend you see it. I think, um, so Neon bought this film. Uh, Neon is a, a distribution company. They actually did Parasite last year, mm-hmm. um, which won the Oscar for Best Picture. So um, people are going to see it. Um, and do you know uh, Riz Ahmed? I don't think so. Um, he did a, gr- he was in, um, oh crap, there's that, what's the HBO show he was in? Um, he, was, he was the driver of a taxi. Crap, I forgot that one. Um, that was his kind of first movie. But he was in this great movie called The Sound of Metal, which I also recommend you see oh. if you can. It's on Amazon Prime right now. It's about a, oh, um, a heavy metal drummer who goes deaf. Oh, wow! Um, and he gives an amazing performance in it. Um, yeah, because it's yeah, his you can it's yeah, it's really like visceral. It's got great sound editing. Um, that's out now. Um, but anyway, but he's um, executive producing it alongside. Um, I, I can't pronounce his name. The guy who plays Jamie Lannister <laughs> from Game of Thrones, Nicola. I don't know if you know how to say his name. Oh, yes. Um, Nicolas Custer Waldo. Yeah, no, I, I know. <laughs> yes, cringe. Yeah. Um, we, yes, we get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so they, they, both of them are executive producing and they're going to they're gonna um, lend their voices to the English dub of this movie when it comes out. So uh, definitely see that one. Great. Um, okay. And then the, uh, the other movie I saw that I liked was Coda. And uh-huh. this is this is a real crowd pleaser. Everyone's gonna love, love this movie. Like, I wish I, I wish I could saw this. I could have seen this movie like in person with like a thousand people, because a hundred percent everyone would be like standing ovation, crying, laughing. Like, it was yeah, it, yeah. It would have been a great thing. What is it um, about? Wait, um, like... it's about um this girl who uh, it's a coming a- coming of age movie, high school movie. Um, this girl who grows up in Gloucester, Massachusetts, and her family is all deaf. Like her parents and her brother are deaf, so but she can hear. Wow. So she's the only member of family can hear, um, and that's what a coda is actually a coda, which is a child of deaf adults. Oh wow! And um, yeah, and so she's a high school girl, and um, uh, and but she, I mean the, the the conceit is that she actually loves music, like she loves singing. So she joins the choir for the first time um, during the oh, film. And so yeah. a lot of the, so part of the story is about her joining the choir and her finding herself through music which is ironic because like her family can't hear, right? So they can't hear, they don't get why she um, likes music. Right, <laughs> yeah, they can't um, really they just relate. Can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it kind of like, and so she's balancing like kind of pursuing her passion with like helping her family out because like, because she can hear, um, she's like kind of the only person who's like the bridge between her families. So her family are like, they run a fishing business. And so like, she's like kind of like the only person who can like, kind of be the go-between between like the fishing union and her family like and so, i mean she does stuff like making sure they don't get like bamboozled because the people who like you know they they can like quote them bad prices and they won't know because they, they can only you know see they can't hear so stuff like that right yeah um but yeah no but it was it's it's really good it's really funny like the parents have such potty mouths it's hilarious like <laughs> Is it, uh, are there subtitles is that um because i'm assuming they're using a lot of asl yeah yeah right um i think there were subtitles i actually can't remember anymore um but most of the film is like um either like they'll uh it's it's yeah like she talks and like there's a lot of people in the film like do talk it's not like um actually you're right there were subtitles um but um the cool thing about this film is that it it just feels like a natural like high school movie or coming of age movie Mm -hmm. um even but I don't think any of us have ever seen a film with like actual deaf actors in it, like that have like real roles like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like kind of a, one of the reasons why I think it's so groundbreaking is that even though the story of the film is kind of like whatever in terms of like, yeah, you know what's gonna happen, right? She's gonna find her dreams and get a, get into college or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. but the fact that it's like it's kind of like it throws enough of a um, a twist into it that it's it, it's really like heartwarming and uh, it comes from a different perspective. Like kind of, so you kind of see what they have to go through, um, you know, with li- living with that disability. Um, and I think, 
Yeah, and so this film actually it won like four awards during the present, like the awards. So like it won like the audience award, which I voted for, by the way. It's exciting. Oh, great! Yeah, was a part of that, uh-huh. um, and also won the grand jury prize and like best best cast and best director. So this this movie like basically cleaned up like all the awards. It, yeah, yeah. It sounds like, okay. Um, and Apple actually Apple bought the movie for twenty five million dollars, which I think is like the record. It's the most any movie's ever sold for. Oh my god! Yeah. What? So who stars yeah. in it? Do we know anyone? Um, actually, a lot of them are new, uh, like new actresses or new actors. Um, yeah. The um, the actually the, the actress who plays the lead, her name is Amelia Jones. She's really good. Like I think she can like have an Oscar nom for this. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and it's like her first big movie. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Oh fun. And, yeah, and and the and the and the actors who play the uh, her her parents and her brother are all deaf. Um, so it's really good to see like actual representation of like people, right, like, right, rather than you know hiring um you know hearing actors to play deaf people. I think yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. I'm excited yeah. to see it. Um, yeah, you'll definitely see it. Everyone should see it when it comes out. Um, it'll be out on Apple TV. Hello. Yep, and everyone Apple has free TV. trials Apple TV, so there, <laughs> I know exactly. I just like that right <laughs> in. Um, that's great. Okay, so last one you mentioned was uh, the Judah. What was the title? Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas and the Black Messiah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All cool. right. Uh huh. And so yeah, so this movie was actually not part of the film festival in terms of it wasn't like in competition. So um, oh, I can kind of give context on this. So Sundance is actually a competition. Um, there's four categories. Oh. Okay. It's um, drama and documentary, and U.S. and world. So there's like a U.S. U.S. drama, U.S. documentary, world drama, world documentary. Okay. And so there's ten films in each category. Um, and then at the award, at the end of the festival, they give awards. And so there's a grand jury prize. So it's like a like a panel of jurors, like of usually it's like kind of artists, um, like directors or actors, um, who vote on these. Okay. Um, and so like, so Flea and Coda, I think, uh, so Flea actually won the best world documentary and Coda won the best U.S. drama. Um, so those are kind of like the categories, but Judas and Black Messiah was actually not in the competition. Um, it was, uh, actually a world premiere, um, of a film, uh, by a major studio. So it's actually Warner Brothers actually is just distributing this one. Oh, okay. And, and usually at Sundance, um, they actually have a lot of premieres now at Sundance cause it's so big and so like kind of well known mm-hmm. that a lot of like studios want to have that kind of like that big buzz like you know because everyone's there everyone's talking about all the press so like last right. year i think um, taylor swift's documentary miss americana mm-hmm. actually premiered at sundance before it released on netflix like two weeks later okay. um okay. so this movie um, is actually out now you can, you can actually yeah. watch the movie right now <laughs> on hbo max yes yeah i saw that uh i saw that this weekend it looks oh, you actually watched it oh no no i saw that it's available but oh, okay. i haven't watched <laughs> have, yeah i haven't had the time to watch it yet but i oh. i will now yeah um, um so it, it tells a story about um fred hampton who was a uh who was a deputy chairman of the black panther party in mm-hmm. uh, chicago um and he was 21 years old um when he was assassinated by the fbi oh. uh, on orders of the fbi and chicago police Yikes. And um, the acting is great in this. Um, it's uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, um, along with our our friend Jesse Plemons, <laughs> who plays. Remember Landry from Friday Night Lights? Oh yes, that's yeah, right. He's everywhere. Landry. Uh, and Martin Sheen. What's that? Landry. Landry. Yeah. <laughs> I can never not see him as Landry. I'm sorry. I know he's like an accomplished actor, and he's like in all these things. But no, he Landry. Yeah. No, I mean, he will always be Landry. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> love um, yeah. So, like, he plays the FBI agent, and um, Martin Sheen plays J. Edgar Hoover, uh, the actor. Um, mm-hmm. But this movie is actually, it's it, it plays like The Departed. Have you seen The Departed before? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, it's about, um, so Fred Hampton is played by Dan Kalia, and Lakeith Sanfield plays um, uh, uh, um, Bill O'Neill, who's, uh, well, actually, wait. Is that Bill O'Neill? I'm trying to remember the name correctly. Um, but he is actually an informant for the FBI who put him in the Black Panther, in the, eh, in the Black Panthers, in order oh. to get intel. Because the FBI sees um, Fred Hampton as a threat to like national security because they were racist. <laughs> right, right. Um, so it's kind of like it's really compelling because like you, you know that there's like a mole in the Black Panther Party and it's played by you know a guy who's like trying to get their trust. 
So it's like kind of like that um, dynamic. So it's really interesting to watch, but it also tells the story of this this um, uh, this activist who I actually never knew before I saw this movie. And so this is actually really educational, like uh, learning a part of history that I didn't uh, know before. Really, yeah. In a really, like, yeah, in a really engaging way. So and the acting's great, the music's great, the music is fantastic. Um, and yeah, I think this is a really strong movie. So it's, I think Daniel Kaluuya got the Golden Globe nomination for it. I think it's getting some buzz. So is it a, is it, so it sounds like educational, um, like probably inspirational. Is it also depressing? Cause I imagine like, I don't know, like what's the vibe? Like how, how did you feel coming out of the film? Cause I, um, I imagine it's, it is of course like a, it's a sad story. Um, you know, it's an assassination of this young man. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, what, what, how did you feel like coming out of the movie? Um, I felt angry actually. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, it's interesting. Cause like you, you don't feel, you don't really feel sad. You feel like, you feel like it's like a huge injustice and right. like you want to do something about it, which I think is a good vibe to take out of it because right. that, hopefully that's the tone they wanted to take. Um, and while watching it, like it's, it's not depressing at all. It's actually you, when you see some of the, and you know, I'm, you know, I, obviously I don't know the, I don't know his story in depth. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the movie could take liberties with the way they told the story. It's at the end of the day, it's a drama. Um, but it's based off a true story, based off a true, um, true story. And like, yeah, it's really engaging to watch. It's like, I, I, I don't want to use the word fun, but like, it's, you know, those movies where like, it's educational, but it's really boring and you can't sit through it. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not like that at all. Um, so yeah, it's got a good, like, kind of, it's got a good tempo, good pace. So it's, yeah. um, it's, yeah, if anything, like you'll be entertained while watching it, but I imagine a lot of people are going to, going to learn a lot too. Very cool. About that. I love that. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, what I've been really, the burning question is like, how did Nick Cage, my boy show up? <laughs> I know you said that he was in a film. Um, yeah. cause I think you like took a one second break in between your like 60 hours <laughs> to like, like, oh to be like I'm alive. Also Nick Nicholas Cage is in another film. Oh and I God. just want, I really want to know <laughs> what, what it's about. <laughs> what, okay. what is he doing? <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I have to say like, I did not get to meet Nick Cage. That's, oh. it was, it was, childhood dream that i thought it was going to happen but didn't actually happen unfortunately mm-hmm. but um i did he didn't appear on zoom he you didn't mean? appear on zoom basically because uh, <laughs> i had like questions lined up for him oh, um, oh my god what were you gonna ask him <laughs> no actually i didn't i don't know what to oh, ask him actually dude. i was actually panicking like what do i ask him i, I want to ask him something but like, i don't know oh. actually, I wasn't, I, actually what i would have asked him was like is this movie actually the craziest movie you've ever done because i think he was interviewed a couple years ago saying that this film uh, which is called Prisoners of the Ghostland, okay. was the craziest shit he's ever like done in, as an actor, and that really? was like what? Like Nick Cage has done some crazy shit in movies, so like, right. so like if he says that, then I know that I gotta watch this film. Um, but uh, sadly, did not get to ask him that, and hopefully, one day. <laughs> yeah, was it um, was it crazy though? It was pretty. It was pretty bad shit. Um, so it, this is actually a, a film directed by a Japanese director. Um, his name is uh, Sono Shion, and apparently he's like really well known in like kind of like the um, genre film or kind of like the people who are like really into kind of more uh, esoteric films, I'd say, or more like interesting films. Um, apparently, his his like most famous movie is a two hundred and thirty seven minute long epic. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's four hours, I think. Right, sixty what? divided, yeah, two forty. That's almost four hours. Um, he's a Japanese director. Um, he's like, he's like, I think he's well known for like not playing things like by the book. <laughs> he's very like subversive. He's very like, um, he kind of does whatever the heck he wants. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and so, so this film is about, uh, it's kind of a mashup of all these genres. It, it's like the samurai film, but it's also like Mad Max in terms of like there's a post-apocalyptic like, like town or like civilization that he goes to. Um, but basically, Nick Cage is uh, basically he has to save 
the governor. So the governor is like this. <laughs> I can't even say that. The governor looks like Colonel Sanders. He's like got a white suit. He's like, <laughs> this, like American, like old American, like kind of just dude. Um, he's like an oppressive leader, I guess. And he, he somehow captures Nick Cage and was like, you can have your freedom if you rescue my granddaughter from like these like Mad Max post-apocalyptic like crazy people. Um, but to make sure he like does it, he puts Nick Cage in a like leather suit that will self-destruct in three days. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so there's like bombs on his suit. And like two of the bombs are like literally on his balls. <laughs> Wait, whoa, that yeah. is intense. Okay, yeah, it's kind of like I don't know. I got speed vibes. That's not really speed because right. you have to like, go fast. But you know what I mean? It's like kind of a, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you will explode unless you complete this task. Yeah, yeah. complete <laughs> yeah. this mission. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that's the premise in the movie, and it's kind of it's as bananas as you think it would be. Um. The visuals are ridiculous, amazing. Like, yeah, like I said, there's like elements of like Blade Runners. There's like neon signs, like the in like cool neon aesthetic with like, you know, like old feudal Japan, like samurai, and also like futuristic people like in masks with like jerry rigged, like, I don't know, Mad Max like vehicles and shit. <laughs> like, um, it's insane. It's Wait. kind of like, it does feel a little random. But the visuals are insane. I, I, it was hard for me to follow, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it's a visual spectacle. I'll say that. And it's a, it's a basically a very Nick Cage movie. He's the perfect person for this film. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> that is okay. Well, you know, um, I don't know if I'll watch four hours. Oh no! So this movie's not four hours. This movie oh. is like it's a normal like two hour movie. Oh, okay. Cool. It, or actually, it's less than two hours. It's like an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, no, this is not like that bananas. Um, the reason being, so the director is Japanese, right? This is actually his first English film. Wow. So, okay. he, so he said that he wanted to like he actually said he dialed down the craziness in order to make this a little more accessible. <laughs> oh my gosh! So like this is, I mean, what I just told you sounded pretty crazy, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I can only imagine what this guy has like in store for like the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see like what comes out yeah what comes next uh, from this. <laughs> uh very cool well okay and like yeah. how did nick look i mean are you oh in the film or yeah. he was on zoom no yeah like um, in the film was he like i don't know was he you know was he like peak nick was he struggling like do you think he how did he act Oh, I think he was perfect. He literally just had to be himself. <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> so funny. He, I think, I mean, this is one of the best lines in the film, and not spill anything, where he, like, he just says, balls, <laughs> like, with multiple syllables. <laughs> like, that's just oh, literally peak Nick. Um, there's a, <laughs> there's a scene where, like, like the governor that Colonel Sanders dude like gives him like this sports car to go rescue the rescue the girl right mm -hmm. he gets in the car and he does like a bunch of donuts in it and then he gets out of the car and like finds like this fixie like bike and gets on the bike and rides the bike out of the <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like whoa how cool is that guy <laughs> <laughs> oh it was amazing he um do it all. Really? He do it all. and um there's shirtless nakedness he's naked Whoa. A little bit. So Whoa. I think if you are a Nick Cage fan, this film is for you. It's literally yeah. everything you could ask for. I mean, it's perfect for him. He he still got it. He, he, he's, he's a wild. 50, he's 50-something years old, right? How old is he? Is he really? He's ageless, but I think probably in his 50s. 57. 57, Sally. No he's 57 way. Years old. Yeah, I, I just Googled him. 57 wow. years what old. What a legend. What he's a legend. legend. Um, okay. doing the shit still. Well, I didn't mean to hijack. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's we have that stage because he's. I mean, there's yeah. Amazing. He he was a presence. Um, it's I wouldn't have never expected Nick Cage to be in a Sundance, in a Sundance movie because when you think Sundance, you think like yeah, that laurels. You think like kind of artsy fartsy movies. Right, right. I mean, yeah. this is art though. This is art. It's just so art is so um so diverse. Exactly. I mean, he just doesn't quite. Different places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Art's coming from different places. Um, 
Amazing. Well, let's see. I think the, like, what would you like to see, um, like, coming, like, if you were to do a festival like this again, like, would you, one, um, remotely uh, or digitally, and then two, like, what could it make it better? Um, yeah, I would definitely do this again, especially, I mean, especially during the pandemic, because, yeah, like, we still can't really go anywhere much. Um, but I would do this actually, um, even if not, because I think it's really good for movies, because movies are, like, essentially, um, uh, for, for me, though, I, I, it's, like, a more solitary activity, because, like, you're watching a film, you're not really talking to anyone during the film. Right. So it kind of lends itself to doing, like, kind of home screenings. And I've like I have a pretty decent TV, I have a pretty decent sound system, so it's like gonna be it's gonna be fine. It's not like I'm watching this on my phone <laughs> on the in the bathroom, but like um, so. But it's not it doesn't it's not quite this, you don't get quite the same atmosphere. Like I said, you know, because it, it does feel different when you're in a theater with people who love movies, right? Um, you, it just you just feel something different. It just that vibes are more you know, like you feel more vibes but yeah you get the collective energy and the excitement yeah. of being in that room and like the buzz yeah. and the chatter and yeah, yeah. yep i hear you yeah um yeah but i definitely do it again I was, i'm actually considering doing south by um virtually because they have the film festival virtually um this year oh so i might Ooh. think i'm doing, doing that and maybe yeah we should look at it together maybe if you watch some films we can talk about it together exactly um, but yeah so i definitely do it again um, but, uh, and I'd, I'd definitely do this in person, like when we can do this again in person. Cause I think it's, I think doing the film festival in person, you get both, both sides, right? You get like the, you get the films and you also get to see kind of, I get, that's a good excuse to travel too. Right? Oh, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Like, city, like get to hang out. Place. Yeah. yeah. Dude. Um, uh, the, the main benefit about this being digital is that you don't have to commute. So like, I don't have to like shuttle between like one theater to another, like you can always mm -hmm. be. You can like that's why I fit in seven movies a day. It's because like I didn't have to go anywhere, so I could just start the movie like back to back. Oh versus like you know if you were to do this normally, it'd be hard to like get from one place to another in time, being seated before you know before the next movie starts. So that I mean, like everything like yeah, cutting out the commutes always a good plus of working remote, of working right. or playing remote as in this case. Right. Um, uh, I see. Yeah, but. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think I, I actually would recommend anyone who like likes films. Like, I think you have to, it take does take a certain kind of person to <laughs> like mm -hmm. to like want to watch a lot of films in a day. Um, and they do have like options for Sundance. Like, you could have like bought single passes or single movie tickets. Yeah. Um, I think for like fifteen bucks. But the problem with that though is like with something like Sundance is like it's all about discovery. So like, it's if you don't know what's going to be good, right? Right. <laughs> so like, you it, you kind of like taking a shot in the dark. Right. Um, so like I, I that's the reason why I wanted the passes because I wanted the flexibility I think when you I, I've thought about um, festival passes now in like terms of like flexibility like the South by stuff is that you want the flexibility of being able to like hop around or like having different options uh -huh. and that's what this gets you because otherwise like you're locked into like this film it could be bad it could be good you know you don't know and, that, and that's like it right so right yeah so but I'd recommend this experience to anyone who's kind of been in the films um, yeah especially because you know, who knows? This might be the last one and only time, hopefully, cross our fingers, that that, that we pandemic have it, yeah. lets us, <laughs> forces us to do these kinds of things. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, an opportunity to, like, yeah, do everything remotely, do a festival from the comfort of your living room. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that sounds interesting. I'd be interested to see maybe South by coming up, like, what those passes look like, too. Yeah. Um, Amazing. We'll yes. Um, oh, I think I didn't to talk about this, but like yeah. uh real fast. Um mm -hmm. another great part of Sundance is like half the films or most of the films are actually documentaries. And like I learned so much mm -hmm. from like watching I saw so many documentaries. Um um there was like some really cool shit. Like um uh, I saw a really good one about Sesame Street. It's called Street Gang <laughs> and it tells Aww. a story about Sesame Street. It's so wholesome. Um and yeah, it's, it's kind of like you Jim Jim Henson and like and uh, yeah it's showing how that came to be and and, and all the actors that are in it and they, they wanted to showcase diversity um and i feel like that'd be so like it's so like weird today when we, which we have a uh, like our internet today is so like, toxic i'd say <laughs> right. 
um you know with, with that and like it just the whole notion of sesame street so awesome so i so it's called street gang i think it's gonna come on hbo so definitely look out for that one um there's a oh the, speaking of music there's a really good documentary by Questlove. so Questlove made his directorial debut oh wow yeah Very and the movie's cool. called summer of soul um and it's based, it's a concert or it's a festival documentary about the harlem cultural festival in 191969 and i mean there are like huge names there like nina simone like bb king um like uh, uh mavis staple and like her sisters and her dad like mm-hmm. it's crazy how big these artists were and the footage from this concert was like lost like no one wanted to like show it and because that same year was woodstock so everyone like i guess at the time, just wanted Woodstock stuff. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, like I think Questlove said, like someone like offered him this footage like a few years ago, and he was like, "What? Like, how has no one how has no one done anything with this yet?" Um, and and so he did. So this is like his first movie, and like it's really good, especially for someone who's like his first time directing. I mean, granted, it's a music film, and he's like an amazing musician, and he knows a lot about history. Um, but yeah, the, the footage you see in this movie is really cool. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's just fantastic. So, um, and that, that won the U S documentary award. Um, cool. yeah. And there's, I, there's all this other stuff. Like I'm going to go, go rapid fire. There's a movie called at the ready, um, about, uh, a high after school program in El Paso, um, that teaches kids how, if they want a career in law enforcement and border patrol. Whoa. Um, and it's wild because, yeah, in El Paso and like a lot of the uh, students are um, Hispanic and they're going, they're going into border patrol. Um, and so it's like this, it's just a fascinating dynamic of these kids like who want to earn a good living for their families, but they also are seen kind of like as the enemy um, to their own, like to Mexicans, right? Because mm-hmm. of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fascinating. Um, and there's another documentary called Try Harder. It's actually set in San Francisco in uh, this Lowell High School. Which I actually didn't know because I didn't grow up here, but um, it's like a it's like one of the best high schools in the country. Like you have to um, test well to get into the high school, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of talks about how how competitive and how like how like stressful these kids' um, high school lives are because all they because they have they want to get into good colleges, right? Like Stanford or Ivy Leagues, um, and it's like almost like oppressive. <laughs> like, oh wow! Yeah. And a lot of it's like Asian Americans, which is like why I think I related to a little more. But I think, you know, a lot of us might be able to relate to kind of being in an environment where like even being really good is like not good enough. You know, like you have to mm-hmm. be like the best, best. Yeah. And it featured like actual kids, right? That are. Yeah. This is a documentary. So, yeah, this is actually filmed over the course of, you know, the last few years. Wow. Um, and yeah, he kind of goes through the stories and it's kind of. Yeah, it's 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 both entertaining, kind of like eye opening, and kind of relatable. So I think that one that was really uh, really strong movie to see. Um, oh, so fun. and oh, and one more, and I'll let you go after this oh, is yeah. uh, the Sparks Brothers. It's <laughs> um, it's documented by Edgar Wright. Okay. Who you know Edgar Wright, Hot Fuzz. Yes. Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead. All that. Yes. Yes. Um, he did a documentary about this band called Sparks. Which I didn't. Do you know the Sparks at all? No, I don't. I don't either. They've been around for like thirty years, and they have twenty-seven albums out. Really? Yeah, and like they're like credited with like starting like electro pop in the eighties. Like they went from like the Clash, punk rock in the seventies. Like every decade, they reinvent themselves. Okay. I had no idea. Yeah, this film. This actually is. I mean, it's it's a fanboy film because like I because he loves this group. It's like two brothers um from la but they got big in europe um and apparently like they're like your favorite musician's favorite musician <laughs> <laughs> like he got like crazy people on this um documentary like he got beck flea like even bjork talked about how like much she loved this <laughs> love these guys oh my gosh and i was like i had no idea um and it's like I mean, yeah, yeah bjork you- likes your film i have you made it <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah <laughs> Well, no, she, I mean, she talked about the, the, the band, not not the film. Oh, the film, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. So, Very cool. Yeah, it's a All duo, right. the Sparks. Yeah, they're kind of a weird, like, I think they, like, are a little weird owl, but a little, like, because they're a little, like, quirky. Uh-huh. But they're also, like, musically talented as well. 
Like they actually inspired. We were I was actually in the documentary, <laughs> like saying how inspired he was by these guys. Oh my gosh. Like Paul McCartney liked these guys. Like it's like these guys like influenced Paul McCartney, Weird Al, and Bjork. Like what kind of like who are these people? Yeah. Oh, very um, cool. Have you checked out their music since? Uh I have not yet because like their twenty seven album discography is a little overwhelming. Right. But I need to. Like I think you should I mean, when this movie comes out, you should definitely check that. I think you would like this. It's very like it kind of gives a, it's almost like a history of music, but it's like really interesting oh um, fine these guys are yeah and they're still around and they have a new album coming out and it's like oh wow it's it's a thing they're, they're still kicking they're still yeah. doing the thing it's a it's it's just honestly a two-hour movie about liking what you like no matter what and that's inspiring Aww, i think i love that <laughs> yeah. yeah like you be you you do yeah, you be your you. thing yeah and you and you'll be successful and you'll still be around after 30 years because even if you do stuff for yourself things will work out <laughs> Oh, uh, well, yeah. I love that. It's almost like a perfect theme takeaway to land yeah. on or to end on. Um, yeah, I guess in recap, I mean, I learned, thank you for teaching me about Sundance and your experience. Uh, <laughs> no, I kind of just melted like a fanboy for like an hour, but that's okay. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, no, this is great. I always feel like I get a lot of amazing recommendations from you when you go to these things and i just benefit as your friend from getting all of this like sneak peek into the fun content coming so this has been great for me and i and i also like i also just don't know that much about the festival uh like the film festival yeah um like how like how it's done like what is the what is the point of the different festivals like the vibe of each one and how they how do they do these things digitally so it was good to hear like kind of the context there as well um and you know what what else will i be doing in march besides maybe watching some (laughs) some films on the weekend i've run out of content so you might see me at sundance in a virtual line. Oh, sorry, South by yes. Yeah, yeah. South by in a virtual line. The the opening film I saw was the uh, Demi Lovato documentary or film. Oh. This is a teaser, I think, for, for that. Oh, fun, fun. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, well, this has been awesome. Um, yeah. I think of like, I think... yeah, thank you for being our first guest. And <laughs> And I will be our second guest. We haven't decided on what, you know, what knowledge I'll impart on on you and our listeners to be, but we'll figure that out. Yeah, I can't wait until uh, you drop some knowledge darts uh, on me. Oh yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready to catch them. You're oh, ready. Dartboard. I was like, the darts are just like kind of bullseye. But yes, yeah, drop the knowledge. Exactly. Excited for this. Oh yeah, no, it'll be mind blowing. What, whatever the topic <laughs> is, we'll we'll go deep. I'm sure it'll be random. Um, Sounds good. Yay! Cool. Great. All right. Okay. Show the books. All right. We All right. Get see the you next time. One. Okay. See ya. <laughs> Bye.